You know, ever since I can remember, my mom has run a daycare out of our childhood home. So regardless of what age I was, I always felt like I had little brothers and sisters, from infants to preschoolers and beyond. My twin brother Brian and I often played with the niffies, uh, that word coming from a British etymology, uh, meaning malodorous and stinky, uh, usually because it was time for a diaper change, but that's what we called them, the niffies. One of the games that we played with them was called King. Brian or I would begin the game as the king, holding a sort of scepter. With that scepter, we would point to one of the niffies and pronounce them, transform them into an animal of our choosing. Once the niffy had fun for a minute so that he had satisfied the rest of us by their intimidation, they would pass the scepter to the one who was just transformed and on and on to the next. So one morning, I think I was like a freshman or maybe a sophomore in high school, we decided to play a quick game before Brian and I left for the bus stop. You know, the Niffies the uh, loved this games and were all too eager to play with us big kids. So I sat on the throne, pointed my scepter to Megan and said, Megan, I pronounce you monkey. And Megan was transformed. She began pantomiming, eating bananas, climbing on furnitures, and successfully making very high-pitched monkey noises. We all laughed and cheered her on. I passed the scepter to Megan. Your turn. She pointed the scepter at Oliver. I pronounce you bird. Oliver, about four, instantly sprouted wings and began flying through the living room, perching on the armrest of the chair. I think he managed to lay an egg. And after about a minute, Megan handed the scepter to Oliver. Oliver said to my brother Brian, Brian the lion. And immediately, my brother got on all fours, roared quite convincingly, and began to stalk Oliver. Oliver's eyes widened, and he froze in panic. The power that he had unleashed overwhelmed him, and he started to tear up. And before I knew it, he leapt into my lap, pushed the scepter into my hand, and said to me, I don't want to be king, Toddy. You be king. You be king. This is the situation we find ourselves in. As Eucharistic prayer C says, from the primal elements you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill, you made us the rulers of creation. But we turned against you, we betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Have mercy, Lord, for we are sinners in your sight. As individuals, as families, as communities, it's often found that when we put ourselves in control, and more often when we seize that control, things go wrong. Most often because we are not looking out for the other, for humanity, for our planet, we are only looking out for our selfish selves. Today 
is the feast of Christ the King. It's a new feast, only about 100 years old. Pope Leo XI established it in 1925. Do you remember what was happening about that time? World War I had just ended. World War II was on the horizon, would begin soon. Fascism, communism, and capitalism, and all kinds of other ways that people were using power was destroying humans. We needed a reminder that ultimately, Jesus Christ is the king, and Leo gave it to us in this feast day. The day, liturgically speaking, uh, is a thing by itself. Today must not simply be viewed as a preface to Advent. It's best to see this day not as part of a circle, but as the end of the line. This is the day we have all been working toward. It's Coronation Day. It is the day that we cast down our golden crowns around the glassy sea and crown Jesus King of the Universe. Today we remember the final verses of your Bible. Today is the book of Revelation when we witness the Lamb on the throne and the angels crying, Holy, holy, holy to one another as they shield their faces from the glow that radiates from the majestic throne. Quite a far cry from our text in the gospel. However, that is very appropriate for the feast of Christ the King. It's a familiar scene to most of us. Jesus is hanging on a Roman instrument of execution between two criminals. And while he was dying, he was being harassed. There was a sign nailed above him that called him king. Bystanders shouted, if you are this king, then come down off the cross. Even those who were being executed said, if you are this king, save yourself. And while you're at it, why don't you save us? Jesus, just before this, was standing before another ruler, shackled and beat up, and was asked, are you really a king? Jesus told Pilate that his kingdom was not of this world. You see, kings have palaces, don't they? And servants, and power, and a will that is authoritative. So what kind of king is this? And what kind of kingdom? It is an upside-down kingdom where power comes from serving, not from being served. It is a kingdom of sacrifice that trumps exploitation. It is a kingdom where death is not the end. As Christians, we are, or at least supposed to be, citizens of this upside-down kingdom. We use language like foreigners to describe ourselves because we say this is not really our home. Yet, for most of us, we behave as though our present experience, this temporal experience defines us and we often look out only for ourselves we lie and we cheat 
and we steal, we claw to get to the top, we're obsessed with keeping up with the Joneses, we start endless wars because they're in our national interest, all the while not thinking of the people that we are oppressing or taking advantage of or attacking or deriding. Does that represent the kingdom that Jesus is talking about? And then there are those who profess citizenship in the kingdom of God who care more for political cults of personality, of wealth, and corruption. Last week, Chicago rapper Kanye West was invited to Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. This non-denominational megachurch, whose weekly attendance averages over 50,000 people, led by prosperity gospel preacher Joel Olstein. He was invited there to talk about his new record, Jesus is King, is its title. And Kanye has been making millions with this new record and the accompanying concert called Sunday Service. Now, I am not here to make judgments about Kanye's conversion. However, the kingdom that Kanye West, Joel Olstein, and others preach is a prosperity false gospel. It's the same old Pat Robertson, Jim and Tammy Baker, Jimmy Swagger that I heard of growing up. It's not about sacrifice or service. It's about you deserving more money and bigger cars and your dream job. It's about me. Me and me (laughs) with a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in. It is attractive and shiny and promises glory here and now. It seeks to make us kings now. But it's the same challenge that Jesus' disciples cared about. You see, when they were going to Jerusalem, they thought that Jesus was going to be crowned there as the Messiah, as the one who would finally shake off the bonds of the Roman Empire. Let me sit at your right hand, he said, and let my brothers sit at your left. And Jesus said to his disciples, you don't know what you're asking for. Crowns, they said. Cross, he said. Are you prepared for a kingdom like that? Where your interests and comforts are not primary? You see, you can have it one of two ways, friends. And scripture is littered with illustrations of this truth. You can have glory now and suffer later or suffer now and have glory later. We follow Jesus. We worship and are subjects to the king of the universe who has showed us how to live by serving and sacrificing ourselves for our neighbors and for our world. The Church of England also calls us or calls today uh, stir up Sunday. This is not a difficult thing for me to do. (laughs) I often get stirred up. I'm a little stirred up now. They call it stirred up Sunday for a couple of reasons. Because, first of all, this is the day that you stir up and prepare the Christmas pudding. And secondly, we call it stir up Sunday because it is the feast of Christ the King. And the collect in the English Book of Common Prayer illustrates this quite well. This whole narrative that we've been talking about. Listen. Stir up, we beseech you, O Lord, the wills of thy faithful people, that they 
plenteously bringing forth the fruit of good works, may of thee be plenteously rewarded through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So, on this day of coronation, I pray that we get stirred up. Let's get stirred up by serving one another. Let's get stirred up in our worship of Christ the King, the King of the universe whose throne is in heaven, and yes, whose throne we make in our heart. May we, like Oliver, jump into God's lap and profess, God, you be king. You be king. St. Mary, Our Lady, pray for us. St. Augustine of Hippo, pray for us. St. Dominic de Guzman, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.